You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First-Round Nothing, Head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, ladies and gents, boys and girls, welcome to episode 139A of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan Jr., and it is fantastic to be with you this week. I got some great news. Well, I'm, I mean... I think everybody knew Shorzy 2 was possibly coming. I mean, I I had a real, I was led to believe that that was going to happen, but nothing official until last week. So that's great. Now we have a setup. We have a time. Um, uh, we I, I talked to Jarrett this weekend in Montreal, and it seems to be going. The planning and the process seems to be going all right. Saw the boys. Saw Goody Dolo. JJ Frankie. JJ Frankie. JJ, sorry. And uh, Penny Lane and I were in Montreal for the weekend. It was a great time. Splendid time. We uh, It was her first NHL game, her first NHL experience. And what an experience. Leafs, Habs. Habs had no business even being on the same ice surface. A lot of call-ups, a lot of injuries. They're in a different place in their development this year than the Leafs are. The Leafs are one of the best teams in the league, and the Habs aren't. But the Habs won in overtime, and everything, the whole process was awesome. So, uh, I, you know, I, 
I don't use the alumni card enough in Montreal. I was reminded up there, you know, Rajan Hul, he was very nice, very nice to me. He's the head of the Alumni Association. He was the GM when I was there. Um, Yvonne Cormier was there. He was my assistant coach for a bit when I was up there. Gilbert Dion, what a great fella. Scored a lot of big-time goals in the Stanley Cup playoffs in 93 when they won. The Stanley Cup showed us his ring. Penny Lane was a little bit in awe, hung out in the alumni room. But I'll tell you, so the process, well, we went up Friday. The game was Saturday, and we came home Sunday. So it was a quick trip. And Sunday, we had a terrible option of a layover. It was 13 hours, I believe, but uh, she loves the Ripley's Aquarium. And in Toronto, they have an awesome system from the airport up train. It's only cost about nine bucks, I think, nine or ten bucks. And uh, she gets on for free. So for $10, we go from the airport on our layover straight down, only two stops straight down to Union Station, which is literally right next to Ripley's Aquarium. So we went in there, had a bite to eat, and uh, we went through. And it's well worth it. Ripley's Aquarium, I believe, was 44 bucks for me. I think 27 for her, I think. Something around that. And, you know, we were on our way in, and I heard a lot of people complaining at the price. But I guess, you know, it's 2023. What do you expect? We're right downtown Toronto. This is awesome, too. It's not just, you know, it isn't just like this is an aquarium and these are what the animals. You know, It's not. Which, which would be fine. I mean, most places, zoos or, I don't know, the Biodome in Montreal is pretty unique. I'm trying to think of unique places. We love doing that. We go to zoos. We, we hit the Biodome, which was awesome in itself. But the Ripley's Aquarium, real cool. Just uh, from just the displays and all the sea life that's actually on display is pretty unique. I think it's well worth it. And it's uh, right downtown Montreal, a lot of, or Toronto, lots of places to eat and have a snack. So that was Sunday. But anyway, we flew up Friday. It was a bit of a snowstorm in Montreal. So I took her down to the, uh, the old port, which is so vibrant in the summer, not so much in the winter, but there is an IMAX theater. And we went in and, you know, we got an IMAX theater here in St. John's. I think everywhere with a movie theater now with multiple cineplexes or whatever they're called multiple theaters generally tend to have an IMAX it's the way it's all going but this is the one in Montreal is 10 times bigger than our IMAX it's huge it's I don't even know if there's regular movies it's like documentaries and stuff so we went and saw one on the dinosaurs and um, it had been a while since I'd been to the IMAX in the old port and it didn't disappoint I kind of had to twist her arm Penelene's really easy to get along with. But I think she was like, okay, Dad, you know, I'll go. But when we were in there and watched, it was mesmerizing. The sound is wicked. And it, it really, I mean, I, I just don't know how the technology can get any better. I'm sure it will. But other than really if we were there or, which we're not going to be in the Jurassic period, uh, or, or it was a hologram maybe, but even there, I, I, I think this setup, and I highly recommend it, I Whoever I'm talking to, there's in the audience, you probably got an IMAX close by somewhere, maybe. Um, or you, you've been to a city or you're going to one. Well, the, the IMAX in Montreal is, uh, I, I haven't, it's second to none that I've seen. I highly recommend it. 
And the next day before the game, we hit the biodome, which was wild. That's a lot of, they got all the light, not all the lights. They got a, a lot of animals and fish, wildlife from around the world. And they, the way I remember it there, they had five continents represented and a little bit on each continent. And it's pretty cool. I got to be honest. It's pretty cool. I would rate the Ripley's Aquarium maybe a little notch ahead of it in that there's just a little bit more to see. But the biodome is well worth it. And right next to the biodome is the planetarium. So we went in there. And I hadn't been there in a long time. It had changed. But the planetarium, you kind of go in and your seat goes back. You're almost laying flat and you're looking up. And it's a sphere. So we saw it. It was it was kind of a docu documentary movie on ice. But, you know, there's a lot. Each one... You know, it's the planetarium, so it wasn't just ice on Earth or Antarctica. Or it was, you know, how it forms in space, and there was a lot of planets involved in the ice on the planets. So you're looking up. It really is a wild experience. It really, really is. Um, and uh, there's there's also a planetarium in Toronto, I remember. I'm, I'm sure they're in most cities. You just don't think to go to them. But anyway, we did that, and... Uh, on Saturday there, so we did the, like I said, the bio, the biodome and the planetarium. We went around on the subway, showed her a little bit of the underground malls and stuff. Montreal's fascinating for that. So is Toronto, but Montreal, there's this, you know, I'm not going to say an underground city, but there's an underground, there's a lot of shit going down. Toronto, it exists, because anywhere where there's a subway, I guess, right? But Montreal, there really is, like there's this whole area under the ground downtown ish downtown and downtown ish and you know you walk around there's a lot of shops like there's a lot of stuff going on underneath that you don't really think of and anyway we found our way there under the eaton center and then walked around under montreal for a lot of the storm that was neat um anyway it was nice we met Jarrett, um, some of the Shorzy guys, everybody on the photo on the on the promo picture, I guess, from last year during the Super Bowl. It was uh, myself, Goody, like I said, uh, Max Buffard, who plays JJ Frankie JJ. Goody's Andrew, uh, by the way, and, and Sunanen. And Dolo's plays Dolo's, pretty similar in real life, Joe Dolo. And Penny Lane came along, and uh, we ate at the Hidden Fish. It's a wicked sushi spot, real close to uh, real close to the Bell Center. We had some awesome food and drink, and I thank Jared for that. He picked up the tab, you know, a good guy, unselfish, good fella that uh, seemed to be pretty stoked about the season two as we all were and uh i think a lot was said without really saying it we had a nice cheers we had a nice hour hour and a half of uh stories and and cheer i guess you could say i did most of the talking surprise surprise but penny lane was 
just absolutely fascinated. She had an awesome time. So then we head down. We by the time we got to the arena, it was six forty-five. Boom! The uh, the Habs come out. The Leafs come out, and it was uh, the Leafs scored fifty seconds in. So I thought game over, especially with Caulfield out. And uh, not, I mean, they got more injuries, but with Caulfield, just you know, he was. She knows who that is, and we were like, yeah, you know, maybe we'll see him. I we wanted to see him play. You know, he's one of the best players on the Habs, if not the uh, most highly touted young player. Suzuki played awesome, but uh, anyway, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling. But they had every reason to lose. The uh, Leafs pretty much had were firing on all cylinders. They scored 50 seconds in. I was like, this is going to be nine to one, but it wasn't. And they scored again. The, it was two to nothing for the Leafs after the first, and it seemed like the ice was tilted. I don't know what the shots were. I'm going to guess 20 to five, like something like that. But uh, anyway, the Habs came back. We hit the alumni room, like I said, run into a lot of the, uh, a lot of fans and and uh, a few ex players, and uh, had a, had an awesome time. They won in overtime, and the the vibe, the the emotion. The, it's wild. Regular season game in Montreal trumps a lot of playoff games in other cities, and I don't just don't mean hockey, like other sports, too. It was wild. Leaps, abs, it felt like game seven. But anyway, she had a blast, and uh, I really couldn't be any more thankful for everybody involved. Thanks to the Habs, to Rajah Hull, to the alumni, uh, to Sylvain Hull, who, who hooked us up with the choice tickets, and... Uh, to Jared, of course, and the boys from from Shorzy. It was unreal to see them in person again. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys soon. Now, <clears throat> one thing I do want to talk about, which I can't believe happened, okay? I can't believe this. It still doesn't make sense to me. So, for some reason, I booked the ticket through Flight Hub, okay? And I booked it, I know it was a Christmas present. I, I don't know, December 20th, around there, I guess. Um, so it was, what was it? 1600 bucks all in for me and her, which, which makes sense. Um, you know, that was the cheapest we could get at the time. And uh, the, the re <clears throat> yeah, it was, right, so 800 return each. I've seen better. I've seen worse, though. It's usually a bit worse. So that was okay. You know, I figure that's, and I, I booked it a month in advance. I, I expected something. I mean, we're on cheap tickets, Flight Hub. I was looking for the cheapest possible thing. Now, it came up that the reason that I guess it wasn't a little bit more expensive is because on the way back, we went through Toronto for 12 hours. But again, I, I don't mind that at all. I guess they were saying when I called WestJet, I went Air Canada up, WestJet back. And they were almost apologizing, saying we can get you out earlier. But Penny Lane, again, kind of wanted to go down. So we used the time to our advantage. For me, it's a free day in Toronto. So that part worked out. But the, this is the thing. So I didn't, for some reason, I, I went and I raced. All I did was take a screenshot. I didn't get an email, first nor last, about any part of the trip, which was weird. I've used Flight Hub before. But I was kind of panicking, but then... The day before we left, I was literally phoning, and my 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 phone, a text came in and an email the day before saying, okay, do you want to check in? 
You got any baggage? You know, it was the check-in email. So I was like, perfect. I knew I'd ordered this ticket. I just couldn't find it. So, boom, we get the way up. I check in. We go out flawless. We end up in Montreal. But on Saturday, we're on the way to the game. And I'm like, you know, we're leaving Sunday at 7 a.m. I haven't gotten an email. I haven't got a notification. I This is weird. So I phoned Air Canada. like, no, you have no record of any flight with us. And then I was like, okay, I should probably call Flight Hub themselves. So I did. Uh, WestJet was on for like an hour. And I was like, I don't have this time to spend. I'll, I'll just call Flight Hub. I have a booking reference number with them. You know, it's not with Air Canada or WestJet. It went through Flight Hub. That's how it works. So there's nothing that really Air Canada or WestJet. Well, it was WestJet on the way back. I ended up figuring out. There's nothing that they really could have done for me. At least that's the way I'm led to believe because apparently I owed money. So I called into Flight Hub and I'm like, you know, I haven't got an email yet. I don't understand. What do I need to do? I I, I know that I booked this and my screenshot, it, it the return was kind of cut off. I said, I know I have a return. It's just cut off. So I spoke to him. He goes, no, no, you're on there, Mr. Ryan. Terrence William James Ryan and Penny Lane Mary Jean Ryan. You guys are booked on the flight tentatively, but you're right now, we got you on standby. And I said, why? And he said, well, since you ordered the trip, the price went up. I said, I, I, I don't, I got a receipt. I'm looking at it. I come again. And he said, well, since you booked the trip, the price went up. So we had to charge you more. So now you owe, I can't remember what it was. It was 125 from Toronto home and maybe another 90. So it was, let's just say 200, almost $250 each. So there's a lot to unpack there. So I'm like, I owe, you're telling me now that I, I have a ticket that I bought, but it's not secured. If I don't pay, I can't get on the flight. And he said, yeah. So I said, I'm here in Montreal. Like, when were you going to tell me? He said, well, did, did you get the email? I said, no, we went down through it, and I didn't get any email first or last. He said, well, you should have gotten it, I don't know, say December 27th, whatever it was. He goes, of course, if it goes up the day before, it's not, but it went up on December 27th, or let's say it was a week after I booked it, whatever the hell that was. So I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, So what if I – I said, like, I just bought a pair of uh, runners at Foot Locker. Now, should I hightail it out of the mall? What, what if the price goes up? You know what I mean? Like, as soon as I buy these, I should run out of the mall because even though I already bought them, the store owner could track me down and say, hey, sir, you know, price went up. Or better yet, let's say I'm in A&W having breakfast. Should I get it to go? Like, what if I have $5 on the button and it's $4.99? I pay it. Should I get the fuck out of Dodge? What if the price of milk goes up while I'm in there? Are they going to come back over and charge me more? Right? I mean, like, should I, I? I can do. I can go down the list and do that with everything. You know, go into chapters, buy a couple of books, fucking screech out of the parking lot. Why? I don't know. The fucking price of papers going up. Get the fuck home before they track me down. Right? No, though, that doesn't happen because I got a fucking receipt in my hand which is the same shit. 
So I'm saying to the guy on Flight Hub, I'm like, so here I am. I'm in Montreal already. You, I'm fucked anyway, aren't I? You could say it's $3,000 and I'd have to pay it. Now, what if I didn't have the money to pay it? Because that's pretty significant. He's not saying, oh, man, you forgot to pay the extra $5.45. He's saying $545. Whatever the fuck it is, you owe it. Why? Because the prices went up and we say so. But I have a receipt. Fuck you. It doesn't matter. You got a receipt. Now, the guy didn't say that. Give the devil his due. He was real nice. And he understood what I was talking about. But he said, I know. I'm I'm sorry. I think that's fucking crazy. Now, even if you even if you're pissed off and you say, well, you fucked me over. What are you going to sue him? What are you going to go out and get a lawyer for five hundred dollars? Probably not. So they fucking win no matter what. Right? I mean, <laughs> on a smaller level, it's I don't know if anybody went through Montreal like 10 years ago. From like in the 2000s in Montreal, you would go to the airport and then you'd be about to go through security and it was a $10 airport improvement fee. And you had to pay it. I mean, I, there's so much wrong with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't have a choice. You didn't tell me about this. Like, what else is there? If I, if I'm going through Terminal 1, is there a circus on the way? Is there beers with hula hoops? And I got to pay $50 to see it before I go to my gate? Is there a guy making ice sculptures that I got to walk through? I don't have a choice. Do I have to go through the gift shop and get something? Tell me what I owe before I get the fuck on the plane. The airplane imp improvement fee, whatever the fuck it is. Prices went up. Okay. Fuck me. Order a shake. Get the fuck. Sprint to the other terminal. Why are you sprinting? I don't know, man. The price of milk might have gone up. There's milk in my shake. It's mostly milk. Don't. My, I lost my cards. I only got $2 on me. Fuck. I find it fucking absurd. Anyway, we paid it. We fucking paid it. What else are we going to do? Right? They got a fucking gun to your head. Oh, my daughter needs to go to school. He said, well, yeah, I know. You got to pay this. You got to pay it. Sorry, you got to pay it. That's, that's the way it goes. I'm like, what do other people say? He said, well, there's not much they can say. I said, well, there is. There's something they can say. I'm saying it now. I can't really do much about it, but I'm saying it. But again, I'll do it again, right? I'll fly again. I'll go through Montreal and their fucking improve, airport improvement fee and Whatever flight hub, they could have said, you owe $1,325. Okay. Well, nothing much I can do. Right? Ever go to your, look at your phone bill. I don't know. Everybody's got a different carrier. I won't say who I'm with, but, you know, look at your phone bill. It's often just like these random charges that you don't even realize you're paying. Phone communication charge. What the fuck's that? Isn't that? Except, isn't that common knowledge? If I get the phone, isn't there a fucking communication ex expectation? Communication fee. Oh, okay, sure. What about the breathing air fee? How about the walking straight ahead fee? Should I pay that one? I don't know. Like, I guess you can just say anything fee and I got to pay it. It's the way it goes. 
especially once I'm there. What if someone phoned me today and said, you owe something like modest, I don't know, $21 on your phone. Why? Eh. Eh, you know why you just owe it. But why do I owe it? Well, usage, you know, usage and data and whatever it is. A few months ago, it didn't really add up, but it's $21 that you owe. I'd have to pay it or else, like, what am I going to do? Shut down my phone? More charge comes with that. I can't really get a lawyer over $21. Who would do that? So the gray area is too big. Anything to do with flights makes me want to fucking puke. Then we get to the fucking airport, and it must have been, we must have been in the security line for an hour and a half. Now, just, you know, just, there's so much to unpack there. I'm paying all this money. I got to go through this. An hour and a half. An hour and a half, man. I, the, the, the line was definitely, if it didn't wrap around like they do, it was definitely a kilometer long. Definitely. I don't know what about people that get to the airport. I don't know. And we got there. Our flight was 7 a.m. We got up at 4. We were at the airport at 5, and we barely, barely got onto the plane. As soon as we got to the gate, there was maybe three people left boarding. Right? We were late. Jesus Christ. We didn't have luggage. No luggage at all. Backpacks already checked in. All we had to do was go through security. Now, what the fuck does a family do that needs to check in, everything else? I guess, why do you got to get there at 3 o'clock a.m. for a 7 o'clock flight? I know people complain, most famously Ryan Whitney and Chicklets this year about Pearson, but I don't know. To me, it's both. It's Montreal. It's Pearson. I I, I don't know if Pearson's bigger. And, you know, when I say both, I mean all. I, I don't. I think it's an airline thing. I, I don't know if, again, I, I assume Chicago, O'Hare, Pearson and Toronto, JFK. I assume that these airports maybe are kind of overrun. I don't know. I went through JFK from Pittsburgh. That was the same shit. Delayed for 10 hours. They gave me 500 bucks there to take a later flight. But, uh, you know, and then, then there's that one. Right? I was coming back and they said, well, and I took the 500 because I really needed to work on it. I needed to do some research. There was a nice little cubby hole there. And I was like, you know, I'm kind of comfortable, so I'll do it. But when I asked, she said, well, we're overbooked. So how easy is that? Don't overbook it. I mean, that's grade three math. There's 100 seats on the plane. Don't sell 101. Like, do, do I need to keep like, and I did say this. I'm like, what, what, what do you mean overbook? Well, all the flights do it. All the planes do it. I'm like, well, that's maybe I just a fucking problem. Maybe that's the problem. Now, there's people here, and it's not just one extra seat because you're saying it, and I'm up here with five other people that are doing the same, so you sold at least 106 seats, right? What's going on? It's just fucking irresponsible bullshit from these big companies that could fucking buy and sell you and not even realize it and want their extra 7.95 on the bill and shit it's it's just fucking crazy it's just like okay i was flying and looked down at my phone and whenever we must have gone through the us which happens if you were to go from here to montreal or toronto often the route that you take in the air goes through 
the northern United States, New Hampshire, Maine, whatever, right? Vermont. But when you have your phone on, even if it's on airplane, I've got whenever I'm in the States, I pay $12 a day for unlimited data or phoning or texting, which is a decent deal. But I've flown the last, so Toronto, January, and now Montreal, Toronto, or to January 4th, Montreal, Toronto, January 20th. And each way it comes up on my phone. So 12 there, 12 back. So $48 that I've been charged on my phone for using it in the U.S. And I didn't use it in the U.S. It would just happen to be on and I went through the flight space. And I've already phoned about it. Again, I know it's only, they said it's only 12 bucks. You know, I'm like, well, I know, but now it's not. It's $48. And I didn't check before. Maybe that if it happened this time, I've had the deal for a year and I've traveled a lot. Does it happen every time? I don't know. Can I have someone look into it? Okay, can you go on hold for seven seven hours? You know? And then you get someone that, and again, I know I'm going to get shit for this. I know I am. I know what I'm about to say is going to seem fucking, I won't say racist, It's it, but it, it will seem, maybe it will, maybe racist is the word. Here's my thing. If I went to China, and I, I don't know how to speak Chinese. I'm not saying that. I, I just use that for an example. Indonesia, Germany, Russia, Mexico, Papua New fucking Guinea, wherever. Okay? If I go to these places, I don't expect a job in customer service because I can't speak the language. So I don't expect one. Now... Am I against immigrants? Of course not. Of course not. And in fact, in Newfoundland, we I went out to Tim Hortons on the way there, and I'm like, why aren't you guys open? They were opening as we were getting on the plane, and the lady said, we can't get workers. And I've noticed that a lot of the fast food places, that's where a lot of immigrants work. Maybe Newfoundlanders don't want to work them. I don't know. I've I don't, In my lifetime, I don't remember a time that we couldn't get. And they're paying like 16 an hour with benefits at the airport, she said. And I was like, geez, that, that would sound like a decent job if I was coming out of high school. Or, or, you know, a lot of people down on their luck, it's decent, you know, it's decent money, decent, not great. It'll get you out of a jam. You don't have to be bumming around downtown or wherever. Um, it's not a kick in the ass, right? It's something you can build on it. I don't know. Um, but they can't get workers. So again, I, whoever wants to work, I, I let's solve that problem. If an immigrant wants to come in and have an opportunity and may, and have a job like that, Start, you know, in a fast food spot. Why not? Who am, I, who am I to say? We don't have enough workers. So again, I'm not anti. It's just the particular jobs. I'm calling in to to relay a problem that I need fixed to someone that should at least be able to speak to me. Right? This is customer service. It's not like, you know, it's somebody that's directing the planes in. You know, with pylons or whatever it is. Hey, there, your communication now is with your hands, with, right? And you, I'm not saying that a lot of the people, you know, I, I was calling in anyway, the last couple times I've called in for flight help or customer service. The person on the other end barely can understand what I'm saying. So 
right off the bat, right? You're like, I just waited for three hours, man. I just waited for three hours. And now there's you, you can't even you can't even process the context that I'm talking to you in. You know, and then it's Air Canada or it's WestJet or it's wherever, and you're talking to somebody on the other side of the planet. It just it 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 just doesn't make sense to me. And these big fucking ass companies can just squat you like you're a little ant. And I wish I could take the phone and fire it out in the fucking Atlantic Ocean and never use it again. But I can't because I rely on it. And, you know, I'm not even mad at the people that they need a job. I get why they're working it. They need a job. I'm not mad at them. But they shouldn't get the job. They shouldn't get the job. But they're hiring because they're cheap. And it's a cycle that goes on and on. And, you know, hire them for something else, but just not to solve my fucking problem. When I got to pay this money, I'm being fucked over by the airline, by the phone company, whoever it is. And I got to call in and talk to somebody slowly. Okay. Can you understand what I'm saying, sir? Right? Usually they can't. And you can hear in the background, it sounds like they're, they're at a fucking horse race or something. There's 5,000 things going on. There's phones ringing. There's alarms going off. You can barely hear them. They're speaking in broken English. So how can I say, look, dude, I'm in, I'm, I'm in you know what? Listen, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Newfoundland. I want to go to a Habs game. I took my daughter. This is kind of, you know, I already paid the receipts here. I mean, I can't even speak like that. They don't know what I'm talking about. Where's Newfoundland? What? What's the Habs? Right. There's, it's so you lose compassion and empathy that way. There's a disconnect. You don't know what I'm talking about. You don't even know the situation. All you're there to tell me is that, sorry, it's black and white. You booked it, but it says in the fine print that we can charge you after you got the receipt. And that's what we're doing. So. You know, I don't want to hear anything. We aren't going to talk it out. I'm here to tell you the fucking black and white of it. Oh, but come on, man. You ever take your daughter to a sports event? Come on. I used to play for the Habs. I'm up there. You want, I, I give you a couple tickets. Maybe we can work this out. Maybe, you know, but I don't have the $500 right now that you want me to pay and, and nothing. No, you, you, you better pay, sir. Or that's it. Or you're fucked. I fucking hate it. Now, watch me get thrown off the air or some shit. Again, I'm not anti immigrant i think we're all immigrants we all came from somewhere right i always thought that argument was stupid anyway and especially if we need it now if there's a threat or something i haven't seen I, you know it, there's a lot of politics involved and usually there's a bit of truth on both sides right then the center is where i tend to roam but i'm not trying to be you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I, I agree. I'm, I try to be inclusive with everything I'm doing. And I really respect people that come over and work hard and want a new life in our great country. Of course they would, man. Some of these people are coming from, they get to wake up and it's a shit situation every day. If you had a family, what would you want? I would probably go to Canada or the United States. I see why they do it. I do. And when it comes to Tim Hortons or fucking McDonald's, wherever, any fast food joint. Anybody, that's customer service. Okay, I draw the line there. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, you know, let's, that's great. And you, you, you learn 
the ins and outs of it that way. It's face-to-face. It's communication. I need a donut. Give me the fucking donut. Here you go and your tip. But when it's solving these over a phone as well, you can't see the person. They don't understand you. You don't understand them. You're trying to solve a problem and you're trying to use compassion and problem-solving logic. But if you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, if you, if you have no context to where I live, we're talking Air Canada and you don't even live in Canada. Well, f- how can we really have any kind of compassion to the conversation? So that's how. Now, how am I left if, if, as a customer? I'm left pissed off, but I'm also left with there's not a lot of options on the airlines or the phones. That's just two fucking examples. The biggest ones that affect me. But I just find they can just say whatever the fuck they want. Jesus, my phone bill's $1,000. Yes, sorry. It's the millennial fucking happy new year quarterly charge. 800 January to first quarter. 500 second quarter. Third and fourth quarter. It's only 10 bucks. There you go. You're saving money. What? But I didn't even hear the charge in the first place. Move along, sir. But I want to call and talk to somebody. Good luck. Call and talk to a robot. If you want to talk to somebody, it's going to be a seven-hour wait. And when they do finally answer, they're not going to understand what you're fucking saying anyway. So pay the money, shut the fuck up, and stay in line, ant, minion. Fuck, I hate it. At least I go, people say, well, they rip you off at NHL games. Or the, the tickets cost too much. Or the, or, or the hot dog costs too much. The Shen Show in Montreal. Or the, the food in general. Okay, so don't go to the game. I get that. That's supply and demand. I hate it. But I get it. Someone said to me the other day, well, you know, the real, real diehards are up in the upper deck. You know, section 300. I'm like, well... No, the diehards are home in their shed. They can't afford a game, right? You're looking up there. Those are big-time fans, but they're still paying 300 bucks to get into the building. Most people, I mean, me a few years ago, most people can't afford that. The diehards I know, man, do their sheds up. They get a jersey for Christmas. They paint their fucking face. They get all the boys over. They might go to a game once every two or three years on some crazy opportunity that, that... that lands in their lap. But most people don't go to games. But at least it's an option. You might say, oh, they fuck, they're losing the real fans. I don't know. It's sold out, though, right? Supply and demand. That's what the teams would say. We need to pay these salaries. It's sold out. I think the Leafs could go to 600 a ticket, and I still think anywhere, and I still think they'd sell it out. It's horrible. Sucks. But it's an option. But once I'm in Montreal and I've already got my fucking receipt in my hand, I've got my receipt. I'm looking at it. The guy's talking to me. I'm saying, no, I'm set to go home at 7 a.m. I know it. There's a WestJet flight. You just told me I'm on it. I knew I was on it. Why aren't I on it? Well, the price went up after you fucking booked it. So didn't I book it on my credit card? Yeah. Okay. Wasn't the deal final? I'm looking at the receipt. It says right on it. Fucking receipt. Montreal, Toronto, Toronto, St. John's. Receipt. 
Sorry, it went up. It's another fee on top of the fee. But I didn't see that. Doesn't matter. You're a fucking minion. Shut the fuck up. Pay the fee and get on the flight. Fuck, I hate it. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. I'll be keeping an eye on Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, and I'll be hoping the high-powered offense of the Philadelphia Eagles can get me some winning bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. Once again, that's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I wish, that's my goal. I I hope this drink takes off. I'd love to be in a position to like run or own something that made a difference and that I could just give a fucking, like if I was, I don't know, Bill Gates, bad example. He does do a lot of film, you know, argue the politics, whatever, 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 whatever. But the fact is that he is pretty philanthropic. Philanthropic. Meaning he gives back. He does. Uh, LeBron James, I can say what I want about him. He, he gives a lot back. A lot. There are people with money that are unselfish. But that, honestly, that would be, if, if I had like crazy money, like crazy that we'll never get there. But if it ever happened, I would no doubt get one of those, buy an airline or something and just charge fucking next to nothing and make those big pricks bring down the price. Um, you know, or whatever I possibly had. I know you're saying when you have a drink, yeah, if I could sell it for fucking five cents, I would. There's other people in on this. We got to try to make a dollar to move on. But if we do move on, if we were to get to the point ever, ever, that I'm making like boatloads of coin, a lot of it's going back. I guarantee it. And people think you'll give it back to charity or charity in one way. Like the obvious people go, well, you know, I don't know, cancer research or this fund or that fund, usually to do with some disease. I would figure out a way to donate to like shit like that. Like, everyday shit that you get fucked over on you know i don't know what that might be but at some point that would be if that was my life's work i'd be fucking pumped if all this shorzy and nhl and podcasting and public speech and speeches and the drink if all of it it's all good and it's it it's certainly serves me and my daughter well and my buddies I'm happy where I am in life, but if I make just a little bit more, if I make, well, it's going to be a lot more, but I'm telling you, I would, uh, I wouldn't think like a lot of the fucks that are controlling these major league 
huge companies. I wouldn't think like they do. Someone said a few years ago, 88 people have half the world's wealth. That's embarrassing. That's a problem. And those 88 people should be ashamed if they're not giving anything back, or if they're not giving something significantly back. 88, there's over 8 billion people. And half? That's fucking... Uh, honestly, that makes me want to puke. Mm. Now, about that. been rambling about nothing again. Well, I shouldn't say nothing, but... Uh, hasn't been much hockey. Now, as far as hockey... Uh, Bruce Boudreau, people have been asking me out in Vancouver what I think of it. I, I mean, I think what everybody else thinks. I think he was treated like a piece of shit on the bottom of Jim Rutherford's shoe. I've got nothing against Jim Rutherford, really. Um, he's pretty good at what he does, and I haven't heard much bad on him, to be honest. But that that was embarrassing. Everybody knew this guy was going to be gone. And uh, I don't know that it's a coaching thing. Look at the Vancouver, their last three coaches. I mean, they're left in the same spot. Is anybody going to question these guys go out with no balls? And now the couple of them that do, they're going to have to trade, right? Horvat's going to be gone. I don't know. I think it's just a the Canucks did just either rebuild or go for it. But they're just right in the center all this time. They're not good enough to make it out of the first round of the playoffs. They're probably not good enough to make the playoffs. Um, and they're not bad enough to get Bernard. And and that's the way it is every year. Uh, I don't know. It's a weird culture. Now, now what if, what if Tockett goes in and they lose? Because at least Boudreau went in, remember last year, and they, they won like six in a row. There was a bit of positivity. It seemed to me the players liked him. It seemed to me the fans liked him. I'm just going by what I'm watching, but everybody cheering for him and a night that he might get fired. Coaches with players, I think I think there was reported 13 or 14 or 15 players in there crying in the room with him as he's being let go. Do you think that he lost the room? I don't. Was that a coaching problem? I don't see that. Really? Because coaching is really dealing with players. You're all going to be fed the same systems. And they exist. One second. Yeah, I'm on the air. What's up? Yeah, sure. Just walk in. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, so anyway, look, Bruce Boudreau, I wish him all the luck in the world. Uh, I would hire him in a, in a heartbeat. Seems like a good person that gives a fuck. Mention the word compassion. The guy has it. He has passion. He has compassion. He has empathy. Uh, he, he seems to connect with his players. And, you know, there's 32 fucking teams in the league. Not everybody can win. Not everybody can be a contender. And I think he was doing the most he could with what he had to work with. Good luck, Bruce. I don't know him personally, but I really hope. I really hope that... Uh, He's appreciated in his next venture. Go on TV or something, Bruce, for fuck's sakes. You know coaching, you're not going to stay somewhere long anyway. It doesn't matter how good you are. Take a job on TV, a cushy job for fucking six or seven figures and ride off into the sunset. That's what I'd do. Um, people are asking me, is Jack Hughes for real? He just scored his 30th. 
I've said he was. Maybe you get me mixed up with Senior. I don't think Senior thought because he was so small that he'd be able to do it over a course of, you know, a year, maybe two, maybe three. But I disagreed. The, the league is different. I don't know if that he would have been flying around in the 90s, but it's not the 90s. It's 2023. And players like Johnny Goudreau and, and Jack Hughes and, you know, use a Vancouver reference, Elias Peterson maybe. These guys are small, cocked and yemi. When he came in with Montreal, he's still not really big. You can get by being slight. Now, Hughes was injured last year, right? We'll see, right? We'll see how injuries take a toll. But I was in his corner the whole time. I think he's kind of slightly cocky, but so are a lot of guys. I mean, he reminds me of Zegras in a way. He's not cocky in a way to sell out his teammates. He loves them. He's just, you know, he's... Fuck, he's Gen Z or whatever the fuck he's, you know, he's great hockey player. I really don't have much wrong, much to say about his attitude. Again, it wouldn't fly in another era, but I don't know. Like, probably ours wouldn't fly with Rocket Richard and Cyclone Taylor or fucking, <clears throat> you know, Jean Beliveau or, you know, eras change, cultures change, hockey changes. But I don't see Jack Hughes as any more cocky than the next up-and-comer. Uh, Bedard is a bit of a throwback, being so very humble. Uh, but Hughes, yeah, I think he, I think he's par for the course, man. He seems to have respect for his teammates. Um, I'd want my best player to have a bit of confidence. Um, a lot of confidence, sorry. And uh, he's ripping it. I don't think he's a flash in the pan at all. I think he's only going to get better. I mean, the guy went first overall. I'm only saying this because I, you know, get a lot of comments on it. You know, when over a dozen people, it's almost like they're upset that he's doing so well. Look, it's it's my era was definitely uh, rougher, but hockey changes, and right now, I think Jack Hughes is a. Uh, Fantastic young player with a great future. Is he my favorite player in the league? No. My favorite players are still like Matthew Kachuk. There's still guys that I see myself in a little bit. Uh, we got Andrew Shaw coming on in a, in a couple of days. He was definitely one of my favorite, more recent NHLers. Um, you know, I like the fights. I like the hits, but I respect the way the game's going. And I also love Patrick Kane. And I see a lot of similarities with Jack Hughes. I don't think he's as good. I don't think he's ever going to be as good. But... He's a small man's Patrick Kane, maybe, you know, shoots the same way, seems to similar have a similar style, sees the ice well, fairly fast, more than fairly. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. And I've liked Kane the whole time. He came in in, you know, mid-2000s, wasn't it? Mm. Mid to late 2000s. Uh, so... There's that. Uh, I got a few questions on Austin Matthews and uh, why he's not bringing it. Look, the Leafs are winning, and he is. He got his 25th goal last night. You know, I think he'll, you know, what are we, halfway through the year? He could still get 50. What if he gets 45? I mean, if he got 20, I'd say something happened, right? I know he had 60 last year. The year before, even the COVID year going in, didn't he have like 47 goals in like 50-something games and the year got shut down? He's had a bit of bad luck that way, but Matthews will score. The Leafs are doing 
great as a team, minus the Montreal game the other night. They've had a few stinkers, but if I'm a Leafs fan or I'm Sheldon Keefe, I am completely fine with Austin Matthews, okay? Sometimes you get 50 goals. Sometimes you get 45. Sometimes you get 60. Ask Alex Ovechkin. Well, I think you'll get more than 60 one of these years. But I don't consider this a drop-off. I really don't. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's a problem. I think the Leafs, they're going to have to figure out a way to get on to the next round. They're probably going to play Tampa again. And that will be, that'll say a lot about not only Matthews, but everybody on that team. But from what I'm seeing now, and, you know, Mariner's so fucking good. He's so good to watch. And uh, much like... Edmonton, where guys like Hyman benefit from playing with the best players. And, and you know, Nugent Hopkins in a great year. I think the same in Toronto. I don't know if Michael Bunting would be the player he is without those guys. You know, Tavares is there, helps Nylander, of course. Well, they all, I mean, they all end up out in the ice together a lot with power plays and stuff. And Keith tends to switch up the lines. But uh, I think... Yeah, it's, I often say it, it's a symbiotic relationship. Bunting and those guys, players that probably wouldn't, you know, they're a little, little bit more meat and potatoes benefit, but I think they benefit the big players as well or they wouldn't be there. You know, Zach Hyman, you know, he's not just this lucky duck playing with some great players. He's someone that can do it and make that transition and do it well. And to me, to me, the great players need, you know, players that grind it, that are smart, maybe not as swift, but you got to be smart. You can't not be smart and play with them. Might work for eight games or 10 games like Zach Cassian. You know, oh, he hits, he's, he'll create room. Yeah, but you still got to really be smart. Michael Bunting is a smart player because he skates a little bit awkwardly and he's kind of lumbers around. He's not, I don't think he gets the respect that maybe he deserves. A lot like Darcy Tucker. But please stop making those comparisons. Tucks would kick the shit out of half the league. Tucks would kick the shit out of Michael Bunting. They're not the same. They agitate a little bit, but they're not the same. Where they are the same, I think, is you're looking at them and they're not fantastic skaters. You know, they're both wingers. They both shot, shoot left. You know, there are similarities. I would, I would say Darcy Tucker is a much, much better player, but uh, and you know, I'd like to see him play with Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, or Connor McDavid, or fucking Dreisaitl, or whatever. But, similar sort of thing. Tucks was way, way underrated, because he just looked like a meat and potatoes guy, the way he skated, and he finished every hit, and he fought, and he was chirping and everything, but yeah, Darcy Tucker, fucking fantastic. Twi two years in a row that I was in the Western League, he came second in scoring. And uh, there was no fluke. Yes, he was on a good team, but he was the best player on that team. Let's not forget. So quickly, for music this week, I'm going to go way back. I was playing some, uh, often on my Instagram stories, I play 60s surf rock. And um, people ask me about it, and I don't know where my love for it started. I guess listening to the beach boys and i was listening to some bootleg dvd i had cd um it was a long time ago now in the late 90s 
And there was a guy, Link Ray, and a lot of his stuff's instrumental. He happened to be on this benefit concert order with the, with the Beach Boys, but I I was actually, it was the late 90s. Why was I out there? I can't remember. I think I, I had a, I was with IMG, the International Management Group, and uh, Tom Laidlaw, who actually I'll be on his podcast on this Friday, uh, and my agent was Mike Barnett Laidlaw. They had us out. We would go out there in the summers, do a little bit of training, I think I left on a cruise with my parents. Whatever whatever it was on this particular weekend, I think Danny Clary and I went out there to train anyway. And we would go to this place, Harry O's. I believe Harry O's was in Manhattan Beach, and Hermosa Beach is real close. And um, comedy clubs are there. I, I really, really enjoyed Hermosa Beach. You know, the, the typical vibe, you know, the beach, what do they call Like the you know, the paved paths, I guess. Paths and people would be rollerblading by. There'd be a lot of beach volleyball going on and little shops. And there's a cool comedy club. And we were sitting on a deck and I could hear this music playing. And I was, and, and someone said it was Dick Dale and Link Ray. Now, I'll go Link Ray first. Link, it, it's, these guys just have a lot of music. But I got into the, I get into Link Ray through a song Rumble, okay? And it's Pete Townsend said famously, he said if it hadn't been for Link Ray and Rumble, I would never have picked up a guitar. Pete Townsend's in the Who. Um, and then I got into some of his other stuff. So it's really cool. It's It must have been at the time really different. I'm talking like early 60s, maybe even like 50s for, for Link Ray. And another one I like, Run Chicken Run. Um Rumble's definitely my favorite. Uh, one sec. So I don't know really what album. I think I would just go, like if you're on Spotify or something, just Google it. Go Listen to Rumble first for sure. You might recognize that one. And then go Run Chicken Run. I don't know. He's got an album in the early 60s. I, 61 or 62. I'll look at it. It's called Link Ray. Presenting, just presenting Link, Link Ray. Here it is. Um, yeah, Jack the Ripper, The Black Widow, Run Chicken Run. I mean, right, Batman theme. He did the Batman theme. Uh, there's just, there's a lot to unpack. That's Link Ray. Now, Dick Dale. A lot of people definitely won't know who I'm talking about, but uh, you might know the Black Eyed Peas, uh, Pump It, right? So Dick Dale, Miserloo, okay? So that, right, and that that's, the, that's Pump It, really. Right, they just rap over it. I played that for Penny Lane. She's like, "Oh, I know that song." I'm like, "No, you know, Pump It." This song came out like fucking 45 years before it. Uh, Pipeline is another one. Oh, look, I could go on and on. Go li listen to Dick Dale and Link Ray. I don't know. I know everybody's different. There's all kinds of different tastes, but their best. To, like, if you were to listen to the best of Dick Dale and the best of Link Ray, I think you would definitely like the songs I just mentioned. Well, you t you tell me. But there's a lot to it. There's a lot of depth. And uh, e even in most of it being non-lyrical. And uh, you'll see what I mean. Give it a try. If you hate it, you hate it. If you like it, you just learn something about uh, back when instrumental songs could actually be hits on the radio. These guys had hits, right, with those songs that, you know, were just uh, had no lyrics. Now that would be definitely... I'm sure it happens, 
I'm trying to think. I don't remember much lately with no lyrics. You know, maybe maybe in the 90s songs like Get Ready for This, to Unlimited, even those got lyrics. There was, you know, a lot of dance songs or I'm Blue by Eiffel 65. There are songs that have real limited lyrics, but I'm trying to think of some with none whatsoever. It was more of a thing back then, and I think a lot of those surf kind of rock songs of the late 50s and early 60s fit the bill. Yeah. If you like it, you like it. If not, fuck it. You just listen to me spew for five minutes about some shit you don't want to hear, and there could be worse things in the world. Anyway, I got to take off. Andrew fucking Shaw in two days. Really looking forward to that. Jason McBain, thank you for last week. That was such a great thing to catch up with him. And one more shout out to the legend Todd Gillingham, who's now buried in the ground. And uh, all we can do is look back and remember all the things that uh, made us smile about Todd. So last shout out to Todd. Thank you very much again to Jason McBain. I'll see you in a couple of days. Uh, Andrew Shaw, just finishing. And my buddy just showed up. We're going to go work out. So that's it for 138.8. Tales with Tiara. Thanks for tuning in. Of course, if you're ever downtown St. John's, why not get a beer at Trinity Pub, TJ's Pub, Rob Roy Confusion, Greensleeves Pub. What am I forgetting? Oh, Martini Bar and the Bull and Barrel. If you're going to get a bite to eat, my favorite places are Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, and Wedgwood Cafe. Rope Walk Lane, you want to work out, you want to change your life, you want to have some positivity injected into it for strength and balance for the body and mind, check out uh, Power Conditioning on Rope Walk Lane. I'm about to go there right now. I absolutely love it. And thanks a lot, Ryan Power, for making a difference in my life and so many other people's. If you want to join in on the craze everybody's talking about, just look it up. Power Conditioning, Rope Walk Lane, powerconditioning.com online. And I'm sure you can, I'm sure there's a phone number. I just don't know it. If you need to go to Mr. Lube for any reason, if you need to change your tires, you need to get an oil change, Mr. Lube right here in St. John's is the best place to do it. It's run by Chris Sparks, a legend in local circles and an unreal athlete. They got places on Torbay Road and Kenmount Road. Live, laugh, lube. Chorus, Pitbull Pain Relief. Pitbull Pain Sticks are second to none. Go to pitbullpainrelief.com and see what all the craze is about. True hockey, take Watts yours. Folks, this has been episode 138A. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back in just a few days with Andrew Shaw, the legend, the Stanley Cup winner, and the uh, heart and soul of whatever team he ever played on. Looking forward to that. Thanks a lot. I'll catch you guys on the rebound.